Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello and welcome to episode 10, episode 10 of the Naughty Step, a parenting podcast for parenting people, starring parent, journalist, author and eater of entire chocolate oranges in front of his wife, when his wife really likes chocolate oranges and is on a diet, Stuart Heritage. And starring columnist, author, professional endurance athlete and the mother of one of my children, Robin Wilder. (laughs) Today on the show, Sharenting, the very specific lies we tell our children, and the book A Squash and a Squeeze by Julia Donaldson and Axel Schaffler. Schaffler. You won't let that chocolate egg thing go, will you? It wasn't an egg, it was orange. It was well, a, nice, it was a cho- round, orange-flavoured, flavoured with orange oil, chocolate, milk chocolate, orange, round, delicious, orange, chocolate, chocolate, orange. Yeah, what's wrong with it? I ate a chocolate orange. Just it was a pound. I got it at Poundland. It was a pound. Oh, God. There were so many there. I almost bought five. Oh, my God. I can't eat them because I'm on a diet and I love them and I used to love you. Things change. <laughs> Things change. How are you, Stuart? I am one uh, close to being the most pissed off I've ever been in my life. How are you, Robin? I feel like we've been here before. This? Oh, right. I have a Lenovo Pentium Gold <laughs> Idea Pad 320S, and that's what we use to record this podcast on, and the fucking thing deleted. <sighs> I was just starting to edit it, and I got some bullshit, like... You know, normally, like on Windows computers, you get those pop-up things saying, you've had 432 Norton antivirus attacks in the last thing. Why don't you spend more money? It was just one of those. And it shut the computer down. This is the second time we've recorded this episode. And you saved the podcast. I saved it. And now it's gone. It's There's a a document that says episode 10, but it is empty. (sighs) I hate everything. So welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Can I ask how I am? No, I don't care how you are. I know how you are. You told me 20 minutes ago. How are you, Robin? I'm fine. Um, the clocks have gone back. Forwards. Yeah. Come on, which one is it? The clock's gone back or forwards? Clock's gone forwards. Because? Because spring forward. That's right. I always get confused with the clocks going forward or back. But it's easy. There's a thing. Spring forward, fall back. Yeah. We don't call it fall, do we? But Oh, no, but it's not going to be spring forward, autumn back, is <laughs> it? It should be. You know, you don't, like, you, right. Pre-summer, you, no, no, clocks no, go no, forward. No, 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 no. 
All you do is you pretend to be American all the time. I, I live in America. I'm an American. I'm an American. I'm an American. I'm an American. And then as soon as the first inconvenience, as soon as it stops you from knowing something, you pretend that you've never lived there. You become the most British person who's <laughs> ever lived in a top hat drinking tea with your little finger out. Fall? I've never heard of such a notion. <laughs> Pick a side. No, I can't pick a side. That's my whole thing. I'm from lots of places. You pick a fucking side, Kent. I'm a very conflicted and complex human being, Stuart. That's why you love me. Nope. That's why you loved me. More accurate. <coughs> oh, I'm sorry. All right, I'll try and cheer up a bit. You don't have just... to. <sighs> it's fine. Uh, per- uh, someone on Twitter was listening to our podcast. Did you see that? No. <laughs> someone said... Uh... <laughs> They got their boyfriend to listen to it. Within the first 10 minutes, he went, I find this man very antagonistic. Who the fuck said that? I don't know. <laughs> and I realise I've just proved their argument for them. Who was that? What a twat. What? People are allowed to have an opinion. No, not ones that say I'm antagonistic. Well, you are. I'm not antagonistic. I just try and... It was Meg House at Meg Thou. Tried to introduce my boyfriend to Naughty Step Pod today. 15 minutes in, he said, I'm finding this man very obnoxious. Obnoxious? Fuck you! Yeah, fuck you, Meg House's boyfriend. Meg. Today, we're going to talk about sharenting. I don't know what sharenting is. Why did you pick it as a subject? I'm just being obnoxious now. (laughs) Nah, nah, nah. Why did you pick this? Uh, Would you say you take criticism well? No. (laughs) Oh, imagine what this was like editing my book. So sharenting uh, is a portmanteau word of the word renting and the name Sharon. So today we're talking about renting Sharons. Obviously, we're not talking about that. We're talking about sharing your parenting, specifically on social media. It's the oversharing of photos, of videos of your kids on social media, which we do. Uh, We also overshare on traditional media, basically any media you have. We will share photos, if not photos, then video. Is if not videos, then uh, writing about them. What do we do? You, we share them on Instagram. We share mm-hmm. them on Facebook. You do a video series featuring them. Yep. Uh, we do this mm-hmm. where we have our little boy going. What's well, a book? I love you, Daddy, and so on. It's very cute. Uh, when I gave birth to Herbie, you. Like, I gave birth, you went home and wrote a piece. And I wrote back. it walking home. You wrote it walking home phone. after a traumatic birth. Yeah. And then you came back. Mm-hmm. And I read it. I read your version book that you sent off. And it was that was how I know how what happened when I gave birth. Yeah. And then a week later, he appeared on the front page of Guardian Family section. R.I.P. R.I.P. So that's, that's sort of sharing your parents. Kind of, but we're doing it for money. Which is That's all right. No, it is, because half of everything that they're in, they get. Yeah. People often want me to talk about it in columns and stuff. Do they? Yeah. And I would go, no. And also, I recently read an article in The Guardian by a woman who used to be the editor of Motherland, the uh, website. And she has not only stopped sharing faces of her children, she's gone off social media entirely. And her reasons were that it's interfered with the time that she spent with her children. So she they'd be playing a game and she'd go, stay there and run away and fetch a camera. Um, and also, and this is something that Herbie does, one of her kids would just pick up her phone and go, oh, your phone, whenever she wasn't yeah. hand- holding it and give it back to her. Herbie started, he did this at the weekend, and this might be a reason why I stopped sharing so much. 
is that uh, he was with his cousin and his brother, and they're all hugging, and he went, picture! <laughs> so he, he thinks he might be starting to uh, cognitively connect affection with photography. Yeah, I think it's because we're all such closed down uh, dysfunctional humans that we don't actually show any affection unless someone's uh, photographing yeah, it. Yeah, unless there's likes in it. Oh. Um, that's got depressing. Yeah. So do you feel like we share it too much? I probably do share it too much, but what else have I got to take pictures of? Well, that's exactly it. That's my argument. That people complain that, you know, you you know people, they are friends, then they have babies, and then that's all you see in your feed. What do you take photos of if you don't if you don't have babies? You take photos of what's going on in your life. Look at your Instagram now. Find me the last non baby related Instagram that you took. That I took? Yeah, look through your photos and tell how how many back before there's one without a kid in it. Okay. One, two, three, four the fifth. That's mine as well. Yeah. So it goes baby, 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 num baby, 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 non baby, 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 non baby, non baby. Mine goes baby, 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 drawing of a baby, non baby, 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 non baby. Actually, a graphic for this podcast. Yeah, I know. A lot of my non babies were us talking about our babies. Yeah, just waveforms of us talking about our kids. We we uh, we write about parenting quite a lot, though. That's not, it's not like we're accountants and I was going to say businessmen, water flume architects, uh, just taking photos of our babies. Although I think if we were, we would take, still take photos and share our babies because they're our lives. Yeah. We get up, we have kids, and then we go to bed, mm-hmm. and in the night we have kids. You know, that's that's what we do. So my. Uh, my advice to anyone who's complaining about following people with lots of babies, don't follow them. Yeah, just maybe, unfollow. I don't care if you follow me or not. Yeah, hide, hide it on Facebook. Don't yeah. look at it. Yeah. If you want to look at hot dog legs and uh, dinners, then, you know, go ahead, follow, follow those people. The thing about dinners is dinners aren't going to hit the age of 18 and resent you for exploiting its likeness on the internet. No, but I think... I'm going to have that conversation with Herbie quite soon, as soon as he As soon as he understands the internet or photography or the concept of exploiting. Well, no, because sometimes I think first, first, the first thing that's going to happen is he's going to say, don't take a picture of this or don't take a picture of me or put the phone down. And I'm going to do that. And then once he understands that there are pictures of him or he might not like a picture of him, which I'll delete it. And then as he gets older, he'll understand that there are pictures of him that other people look at. And I'll ask him if he's okay with that. If he's not okay with that, we'll get rid of the lot. Okay. Um, that sounds fair. Yeah. Uh, a couple of other arguments against sharing, which I was, I've was i noted. One is that it's a humble brag. Oh, fuck off, is it a humble brag? That's basically my response, and I think that's all the the time that we need to yeah. allot to that argument. Um, other people say that it's an invasion of their kids' privacy, and I guess that... They'll grow up to be Gone Girl or something. Yes, yeah, so um, totally everyone who ever had their picture <laughs> taken off him as a kid has turned out to be a serial killer. I think that's bullshit. Of course it's bullshit. I think. I also think it's it's not it's not that much of an invasion of their privacy. They're going to start doing it. Yeah. Like, I know nine-year-olds with Instagram accounts. That sounds mm. bad. I don't know them that well. That sounds worse. Yeah. That sounds like I'm just yeah. seeking stop, out nine-year-olds. Stop talking. Stop okay. Stop, sh- 
But related to that badness is the argument that paedophiles will target your children through social media and, and I guess do bad things to themselves. Well, the way I feel about it, right, is that the world is full of people constantly masturbating to pictures of me. That doesn't stop me from changing things. Is it full of that? I I, I have no reason to believe it isn't. (laughs) Paedophiles will wank at anything. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? That's my favourite ITV1 late (laughs) afternoon game show. (laughs) Paedophiles will wank at anything. Presented by Bradley Walsh. You can't... A kid. A kettle. I just think you you can overprotect kids. This time last year... I went to Wilkinson's with Herbie to buy, I think, some chocolate eggs or something. And walked into the toy aisle. There was a man wanking. Yeah. Just in Wilkinson's, just at some toy trucks. Ugh. And he was doing it, I think he was doing it deliberately because people would be there with their families. Right. And I also saw him walking around with his tackle out. Luckily for me, Herbie was asleep in his buggy. He didn't see anything. But do you know what I mean? People mm. like that are just gonna just gonna be around i think you said something like don't go in the sea because a shark might eat you right yeah but you can't constantly be on uh you can't be vigilant for the worst case scenario all the time exactly sharks are in the sea people go on holidays to seasides those two realities exist but they don't always intersect God. <laughs> why did we get onto paedophilia so quickly you know what i mean if you're being sensible and just sharing photos of your children you can't control who's gonna do what no so don't do it and if if you if you're not comfortable with sharing pictures of your children on the internet, don't go to Wilkinson's either. That's my advice. Also, don't call it sharenting. Yeah, sharenting is the worst word ever. It sounds like sharting. It does, which is shitting and farting. Sh- I think shitting and farting, but aren't really aren't all all shits charts? Wait a minute. Hold the phone. You never... Are you saying that every time you do a poo, you release wind as well? Well, because, I mean, you have to, don't you? Wait a minute. What? So you... What, are all your... you All of your shits you've ever done have been vacuum shits with no airs escaped whatsoever? No, I'm just saying... That's why they make noise. It's the air coming out. Doesn't... Do you all your shits make noise? Many of them. What? What are you saying? I I, I think that woman's boyfriend had a point. Now it's time for Bedroom Book Club, the segment where we discuss books that I am reading to my son at bedtime. It's very simple. But you somehow made it really complicated. Everything I'm saying is angry and complicated. <laughs> I feel that's a reflection of my soul man. Your soul man? Your film starring Steve <laughs> Thomas Howell as a blacked up college student Ooh, in the 80s. Why is everything so problematic? Why is everything we're saying problematic? We've done paedophilia and blacking up. What else do you want to do? Incest? No, Two of incest in no. there? Just a sprinkling. Today we're talking about A Squash and a Squeeze by Julia Donaldson Axel Scheffler. A depressed old spinster laments the substandard agricultural accommodation she's forced to live in. But can an old stranger help improve her conditions or will he make everything worse? More importantly, will they hump? A Squash and a Squeeze by Julia Donaldson and Axel Scheffler was published by Macmillan in 1993 and currently has an Amazon page rank of 48,015. Agricultural accommodation. Do you mean a farmhouse? Yeah, but it's a small <laughs> farmhouse, so I, I don't think if it, if, I don't think a farmhouse. I need to really get into this to dis- to discuss the story All right. for you to understand why. Well, I haven't read this, so t- tell me tell me the story. Okay. Well, first, it is by Julia Donaldson. 
and Axel Scheffler, who you will know as the creators of the Gruffalo. The Gruffalo. Also, I have come to discover Axel is the funniest word you can ever say to a three-year-old. A squash and a squeeze by Julia Donaldson and Axel. Scheffler person. Scheffler person? Yeah. Axel. A Squash and a Squeeze was the first book Julia Donaldson ever wrote, which is interesting, right? Right. Because I'd never heard of it. Why are you pulling that face? I'm trying to think what I thought the first book was. I thought she just hit it big with a Gruffalo and then has just been living off the fumes of the Gruffalo. <laughs> but this was this was when this did predates she write it? it. She was she well in an interesting story. Oh really? She wrote it in ninety. It was published in nineteen ninety three. But before she was an author, she wrote children's songs, and that was one of her songs. Oh, really? And it was performed in the seventies on Play School by Derek Thing. What's his name? Oh yeah. And uh, Floella Benjamin. They oh, sang really? it. They sang it. Um, it's on YouTube. If you look at it, if you Google uh, "Squash and a Squeeze" song, you'll hear the version performed on Playschool, and it is a mess. <laughs> no, it's not good. It sounds like sort of lounge reggae, Whoa. and it it is every word in the book told as a story, which doesn't make a good song. It's boring. Right. It's not a good song. It's, it functions better as a book than as a song. Is it a boring enough book for you to read at bedtime? Because I remember you saying that you don't like... Like, you don't like what the ladybird heard cause it, to read at bedtime because it requires so much audience participation. No, no, I hate... Uh, right, we might do what ladybird heard in a future episode because I really hate it. That's another right. Julian Donaldson book and I hate it so much. But it's partly because of the audience participation. Right. Because there's a page, if you're reading a book to a kid, because you want them to get sleepy, you don't want a page where it's like, the dog says moo and the cat says cat. Yeah. Because, because the dino dogs don't say moo. Anything that got animals making noises in a, like a fun way, terrible for bedtime because the children perk up too much. Yeah. You want a bland story where nothing happens very slowly. And that is what this book is. Ah. It's boring as shit in a nice way. It's charming. It's got nice rhyme structures, but it's so boring. The story of it is a little old lady lives all by herself with a table and a chair and a jug on the shelf. That's the opening page. Right. That's so that that's the farmhouse, which I wouldn't say qualified as a farmhouse because it's very small. Agricultural accommodation. Yeah. More like, a, you know, a, a cottage. Pen. Pen. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a roof. Pen hasn't got a roof. <laughs> And she's like, she's fed up. The house is too small. She feels like, I don't know, she's been defeated at life. She doesn't have everything she wants. Then a wise old man approaches her uh, and she pleads with him to find a solution. And what he says is, well, get your chicken, bring it in the house with you. And she's like, well, um, what a curious plan. I mean, that's a direct quote. She brings in the chicken. Chicken flaps about, fucks everything up, does a, lays an egg. Does (laughs) Does an egg. Does an egg. (laughs) <laughs> knocks over knocks over the jug, one of the three possessions listed in the first page, oh. destroyed by the chicken. And she's like, this is terrible. What are you doing? This is a really bad idea, wise old man. And he's like, okay, well, bring your sheep in now. Or bring your cow or goat. Well, like, it's a several animals right. she brings in, so one by brings... one. Okay. And they all come in and they all mess her house up. Oh, dear. And it ends with a cow. You don't bring a cow into a house. Somehow the cow gets up on a table and starts dancing. It's a mess. <laughs> And 
so she's like, well, this is the worst. This is you've made everything a lot worse. And he's like, well, get rid of them then. So she pushes all the animals out, and then she thinks, oh, it's, this house feels relatively bigger than it did when it was full of animals. You've solved all my problems, wise old man. She shooed out the goat and she shoved out the pig. My house is beginning to feel pretty big. Fizzy-a-wig? Yeah. What's a fizzy-a-wig? Fizzy-a-wig. What's a fizzy-a-wig? Fizzy-a-big. Fizzy-a-big? Fizzy-a-big. Fizzy-a-big or fizzy-a-wig? Fizzy-a-big. Big-wig. <laughs> Are you a big-wig? No. <laughs> Displacement theory, I think. What's that? You look suspicious. And... Well, he, he tricked her. He didn't he, trick her. He was just... Uh, her situation hasn't improved. Her mindset hasn't improved. Yeah. Well, isn't that the the case with so many things? You can't... Imp- sometimes you can't improve your situation, but you can improve the way that you deal with the situation. Right? Like this. This is the second time we're recording this podcast. We can't, cha- <laughs> we can't change that. We can't change that. No. We could approach it positively and try and record the best podcast we can. Or we can do what we're doing now and just be pissed off and sort of resentful and just baldly go through the same motions that we went through 20 minutes ago. But that's like saying, oh, oh, I'm a prisoner in prison and I hate that my prison cell has a toilet in it. Just a toilet. So the prison guard says, hey, do all your shit outside of the toilet. No, no. Fill up, no. Fill up your <laughs> cell with shit. <laughs> that's not what yes, it is. No. Yes, it is. And then the prisoner says, oh, I don't like all this shit in my cell. And the the prison guard says, we'll put it all in the toilet then. <laughs> there, you like toilets now, don't you? All right, it is exactly like that. That's the perfect analogy. And you should write a book called The Prisoner Who Shat Everywhere. <laughs> but his toilet. <laughs> Coming uh, soon from Pan Macmillan. <laughs> so, what I like about the book, though, it's boring. Yeah. But... Uh, it, it follows because it's based on a song. Right. There are verses and choruses. Right. So it always comes back to this phrase like "Wise old man, won't you help me please? My house is a squash and a squeeze." So you only have to read it a couple of times, and then your kids can join in. But you don't want them to join in. No, I don't mind them joining in with like a boring rhyme. I don't want them to be like mooing, l- like making the noise of a fart, like in that Olaf falafel song from a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. But just to be like, and also it works. Like, you can tell, I and I can tell when uh, my kid is getting bored reading it because he starts drifting off and you can hear him getting sleepy. So she took in her pig who kept chasing the hen and raiding the larder again and again. Are you going to sleep? Are you sleepy? I'm not sleepy. You're not sleepy? I'm bit doing my eyes. You're just rubbing your eyes. So what would you give... Squash and a Squeeze by Julia Donaldson and Axel Scheffler. I can't say it. Axel Scheffler. Scheffler. Well, are you going to score this? No, I no. Okay, so I'm just doing it by myself. Yes. Okay, one, two, three, six. And what I would score The Prisoner Who Did a Shit Everywhere But His <laughs> Toilet by Robin Wilder. <laughs> My favourite book of all time. <laughs> I would score it. One, two, three, ten. Ten. Before we finish, very quickly, I, when I was researching this book, I had a look on Amazon uh, because it has a perfect five-star rating, this book. Oh, wow. It's been uh, reviewed 500 times, and it, it looks like everyone's given it a five-star rating because it's bang on five stars. However, I looked at it, 
And the very first review is a one-star review that I, I feel like I should share with you because it is amazing. It is by someone called Pecan. <laughs> and it was left on the 1st of August in 2015. One star, another dose of misogyny from their tedious Julia Donaldson. <laughs> this is a story of a whinging, simple-minded old woman. The most basic negative stereotype to cover the last years of a woman's life. Who goes... To a wise old man who smugly dupes her into being more content with her lot. The whole point of this story is the conspiracy between the wise old man and the reader, who can see from the outset how the silly old woman is being manipulated. Because elderly women are stupid and dissatisfied, and elderly men are wise and witty, and complicit with children in ridiculing women! Wow. That person doesn't understand the meaning of the word rampant. <laughs> well, possibly yeah, it's, misogyny. It's, it's gentle misogyny, if it's anything. It's like, it. Uh, I found it very comforting because it's like every comment that everyone's ever left under anything <laughs> I've written. I wonder if all men receive that com- comment. About what? Just everything. How can you be so misogynistic in your whatever every yeah. time you write something? Yeah. Pecan does seem like uh, he or she has an axe to grind, a Julia Donaldson axe to grind. Can you click on Pecan and see what else they've written? What a good idea! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Pecan has a theme. Okay. Uh, What do people do all day? You know the book, What Do People Do All Day? The Richard Scarry book. A book, one star. A book deliberately promoting a misogynist fantasy about women, not representative of the world of 1968. Grandmother Fish, a book about a fish who is a grandmother. Five stars. Excellent introduction to evolution for all children rather than just boys. (laughs) Does she review, like, has she put a spatula or anything? Because she's a woman. The Gruffalo, one star. Another children's book in which all the characters are male. Isn't the Gruffalo female? I don't know. No. Um, Look Inside a Farm, the Usborne book. Two stars. Look Inside a Patriarchal Farm. (laughs) (laughs) And now for a section called Your Questions. Because they're questions that come from within you. This week's question is from Kelder Stevenson, at Kelder Stevenson. Hello, Kelder. Hello, Kelder. Or if you prefer, Mr. or Mrs. or Mux. Stevenson. Kelder says, this is my first ever tweet. Yay. What is the answer to the following question from my three-year-old? Where do baddies live? I panicked and said, the seaside. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Thus ruining all future holidays. I'm right there. I can see what happened. You said it, you thought it was a good idea, and then you went, no... Although I was recently in Dover, which is by the seaside, and that is a town full of baddies, if ever I saw one. (laughs) Then she says, what would you have said? Okay. Well, this is good, because uh, Calder's kid sounds like uh, they are a bit older than our kid. They're three years old. We haven't been asked that question, but we're getting very close to the big question stage. I don't think you've identified baddies yet as a thing. No. Because when, when... If any if anyone bad comes along, like oh, in a yeah. book or TV, so say oh, I can't think of an example, but like say some. Uh, what the ladybird heard: there are two thieves who yes. attempt to steal it, and every time the thieves come on, he's like, "They're happy, they're helping." Yeah, they've come to say, "Don't be scared." So yeah, we we don't have the baddies problem yet, but, but he is going to start asking those sort of big. 
existential yeah. questions soon and we need to figure out answers and so questions like this are brilliant because now we can think about them yeah. in advance what I would hope is that he asks them in an environment where there's a baddie in the context of the situation yeah so be able, you'd be able to say you know the big bad wolf lives in a wolf den far away from here yeah he can't not just where our bad is because the answer to that is all around yeah and within yourself <laughs> <laughs> you are the baddie and you, you will realize this i am a baddie they live in your parents bed i can tell you things that your father has done <laughs> wait wait does that make you a baddie because you can you're a dobber yeah okay i'm a grass but yeah in general where do baddies live i get i mean i guess i'd say prison yeah because that's perfect yeah that's where they live but then because because you if you say that you're creating a single repository for baddies that's guarded by law enforcement yeah there's right and wrong and the baddies have been wrong and they've been taken to a place where all the baddies are so all the baddies are they can't get out because they're in prison so they'll never hurt you what i would worry about then is if the kid said but this baddie in this story just did this oh they're going to prison there's a process yeah because watch law and order if you don't watch law and order three-year-old the argument would be that this 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 law enforced barrier that you've created can't be that strong because they're out committing crimes right now in this book. So then you have to specify a time. After this, they get taken to prison. Right. Well, yeah, yeah do that. That's better than saying the seaside. <laughs> Some prisons are by the sea, like Alcatraz is technically in the sea. Oh, well, there you island. go. There you go. You can you can reverse engineer this. The moon, not the moon. No. The why, moon would I, why would I? Why would I? The moon isn't more? a prison. No. But uh, your child will never get there. So you can say all the baddies are on the moon. Yeah, but don't. If you hadn't already said that my dead mum is on the moon. Well, yeah. That's you don't, you don't of... want to place her with baddies. <laughs> every every villain who's ever lived <laughs> and your wonderful grandmother <laughs> and that balloon that you lost once, they're all on the moon. <laughs> you can't just answer everything with the moon, Robin. Sorry, I'm sorry. So not the moon. I said specifically not the moon. Okay. So not the moon. And that is that, thank God, for version two of episode 10 of The Naughty Step. Can you imagine the one you missed? Can you imagine? Please let us know the lies that you've told your children. For instance, this last weekend, we went to Milton Keynes and my son wanted to watch YouTube. But I told him that they don't have YouTube in Milton Keynes, so we didn't have to watch YouTube. What lies have you told your children? Please let us know at the... No, what's it called? Naughty Naughty Step Step Pod Pod on Twitter. Um, and we will see you next week. Get some sleep. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.